It's really good to have Jesus in the house. Amen. He's the one that makes it all work. Are you thankful that he found you one day? He didn't leave you like he found you, but he pulled you out. Amen. With his mighty hand. Hallelujah. We love you, Jesus, and we thank you. Amen. Praise God. Acts, the ninth chapter. Get right into the word of God. Amen. Prayers are for all those that are sick, traveling, working. Remember, Brother Socia, amen, recovering from surgery and different ones out. God will help them. Amen. Praise God. And thank God you're here. Amen. Thank God we're about to have some more Holy Ghost Church. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. I feel like preaching what God's laid upon my heart, but I sure need your help today. Amen. If you got it, Acts and Aunt chapter, say amen. amen. Everybody should say amen. We got it. And Saul, which would eventually be Paul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus to the synagogues that if he found any of this way, talking about this way, talking about these crazy Holy Ghost tongue-talking holy rollers. If he could find any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus and suddenly... There shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus. I am, everybody say, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. Well, amen. God, can't you just tell me while we're talking? Why don't you just tell me what to do? No, I got a man that's going to tell you what to do. It's going to be part of the process. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless. Hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man. That means when his eyes opened, he was still blind. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was three days without sight, and neither did eat or drink. When his eyes were opened, he still couldn't see nothing. Amen. I want to preach for a little while from this title, Blinded, so I could see. Blinded, so I could see. Set your Bibles down and lift your hands to the Lord together. Come on, prayer warriors. Will you please help me pray right now? That the God of heaven's going to sweep through this house in a special way today. He's going to touch every heart and life in this house. Come on, why don't you join up with somebody if it's appropriate next to you. Say, help me get a breakthrough. Come on, help me. Help me. 
get to the next level in prayer this morning. Oh, I want to see what God has for us in this place. Oh, I want God to touch me in this house. Well, I wish somebody would shout unto Jesus. Come on, I wish somebody lift your voice up to Jesus. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody say the devil's a liar. Man, if you believe that, you can be seated. Hallelujah. Everybody say blinded. Blinded so I could see. Hallelujah. Paul's description of his own self. In Acts 22 and 3, he said, I am verily a man which am a Jew, Born in Tarsus, a city of Cilicia, yet brought up in this city at the feet of Gamaliel. He said, I was born in Tarsus, but I went to private school in Jerusalem. He's saying, I was taught according to the perfect manner of the law of the fathers and was zealous toward God as ye are this day. This is Paul's description of his own self. He describes himself in the 23rd chapter in the 6th verse. Men and brethren, I am a Pharisee, the son of a Pharisee. Man, I've been praying about uh, what I'm about to preach, and I I want you to help me today. Man, I I want us to get past some old ways of seeing things and some old family, I would call them curses. Amen. Get our eyes open where we can see what God wants us to see. I'm going to take you into Paul's world for a minute if you'll just bear with me. He said, I am a Pharisee of Pharisees. And I know the Pharisees in the Bible kind of get a bad rap sometimes. And Jesus gave them a bad rap and he was on them pretty hard. Amen. But there's reasons he was on them. And if you'll let me just explain to you the Pharisees for a minute. During the time that the Bible is silent from Malachi to the beginning of the Gospels. Don't think the devil just stopped trying to infiltrate the church. (laughs) Amen. Don't think everybody put their weapons down and quit fighting. Because, amen, the devil never stops trying to dilute what God has in the pure form. Man, there was the story, the historian talks about Alexander the Great who would conquer the whole world. He was a Greek. He was, uh, he believed Greek. He believed Greek culture. He loved everything Greek. And there's a term called Hellenization. Maybe they got it from, maybe they got it from somewhere. (laughs) Amen. But anyway, the term Hellenization or to be Hellenized means that you have taken on the Greek culture and you've taken on how they do everything. And, amen. They had a pantheon of gods. You, you, you've studied all about them. You, you've learned Greek mythology and, 
And when the Greeks began to take over the world, they, they began to put their philosophies and their teachings and their gods and the way they did everything upon every place that they conquered. And during this time, there were people, there was different revolts of the Jews. There was the Maccabees who said, we are going to protect the Jewish traditions. We're going to protect our way of living. We're going to protect the law of Moses. Let me tell you, God's always going to have a people that are going to stand up against what the world's trying to do. I said, God's always going to have a people that say, no, you're not going to come into my house and mess up my children and confuse our people. Hallelujah. So during the time of the Maccabees revolt, they revolted against Greece. And of course, they could not stand against them and they were beaten down and taken captive again. And somewhere around, uh, right before the turn of the century, what we would call the common era, A.D., whatever you want to call it, there was a group called the Pharisees, and they realized that they could not by force uh, beat the Greeks, but they decided we're going to teach our people constantly about the old paths. And they began to teach their children and began to teach their neighbors. This is where you get the word rabbi. These were Pharisees. These were teachers. They realized we're not going to win by trying to fight somebody. The only way we're going to win is we got to get it into our young people. Man, we're going to have to get it into the church. And we're going to let them understand we, you, no matter what the world does. And we know they're in control and they're the one making the laws and doing all the stuff, but at the end of the day, we cannot allow them to mess up the purity of what we've been given and the things that we've been handed down for generation to generation. And so, uh, I'm not trying to give you a history lesson, but I'm trying to build a foundation for why Paul is who he is. Amen. He's raised a Pharisee, and these Pharisees are in opposition to the Greeks and the teaching of the false gods. And here comes at the turn of the century the, the Greeks lose power and the Romans come into power. And it, and it doesn't matter who comes in next. It don't matter who they vote in next. Our job will never change. We're going to teach the word of God. And here, here the Pharisees are. And, and of course they got problems like everybody's got problems. They're, they, they're hypocrites. But... Their, their motive is we want to stay pure. Their motive is we don't want to be Hellenized in our religion. Amen. When you go to Brazil and they, you, look, you walk into their chapels, they got a God to this whatever, and then they got a, they got a devil that's the same thing. And it's just all mixed. It's false religion. It's devil worship all combined in with the, their churches. Amen. I, I feel a burden today to preach to this church. If you think we can just go through the motions and mind our own little business and stay in our own little corner and don't ever cause a stir, uh, amen, and think that our children are going to make it all the way, you got it mixed up, my friend. Somebody's going to have to get it down deep in their gut. I'm going to stand for what is right. Come on, I wish everybody clap your hands to the Lord. 
Hallelujah. So I want you to forget about everything that's you've heard bad about the Pharisees, and let me just talk about what's good for a minute. Amen. They were based, their origin, their intent was we want to keep pure the law of Moses. Amen. So here comes Paul, and he says, uh, I am a Pharisee of Pharisees. What he's saying, if there ever was anybody that wanted to keep it pure, he said, I'm the one that wants to keep it pure. Amen. Thank God for people that get a burden for the church. Hallelujah. People that say, I'm going to pray at the church. If nobody comes pray, I'm going to be praying. Well, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. I wish somebody get in their spirit today. Uh, You're standing for something uh, or you're not standing for it. Your actions are either standing for it or you're against uh, what God wants to do in our world. God, you got me. I wish somebody say, God, you got me. Uh, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Uh, I'm your servant. I'm ready. Man, so if I can talk to you about how Paul was raised for one moment. He was raised in a family that loved the law of Moses. And he was raised in a family that they talked about it and they protected it. And so he said, I, I, I'm the, if there ever was a Pharisee, he said, I am one. <laughs> not the bad part, not the hypocrite part you're talking about. He's talking about the one that loves truth. He loves truth with all of his heart. His parents sent him to a school to the greatest rabbi that historians would, would ever know, Gamaliel, who was in Jerusalem, and he, and he learned perfectly the law of Moses. I'm, th- this is not an ignorant man. This is a very intelligent man. Amen. He learns and he loves the law of Moses. Amen. And so this was not just something that popped up in him. Amen. This was something that was deep in his spirit. Amen. And then I, he comes along. There is a, uh, there's a new religion. All of a sudden it pops up. <laughs> We've already got the Greeks who tried to destroy the Jewish identity. Now the Romans have come. And now we got this other group. And they're wilder than all of them. They're following this guy named Jesus from Nazareth. And they adhere to part of the law. And then the other part, they think by Jesus dying and being buried and resurrected, he fulfilled part of the law of Moses. Now this man who's got it so deep in his heart, a Pharisee of Pharisees. I'm, I'm trying to get you into the mindset of where Paul was when all this happens. Amen. I, I, I don't believe that uh, Paul was just a hateful man. I, I, don't, I don't believe the narrative that God just picked up this murderer because he thought he would trip people out. Amen. Bring him up and fill him with the Holy Ghost and make a preacher out of him. That, that, that's not the story of Paul. Amen. But when Paul is consenting unto the death of Stephen in the bottom part of his heart, 
He is defending what he thinks God wants him to defend. You may not like this, but it's going to be all right. (laughs) Down deep in his heart, he thinks he is absolutely right. And he's doing the will of God. Matter of fact, he would write later on, he would say, I did things out of ignorance. He said, I did things out of ignorance. And then he would say, Lord, I wish you would take this thorn out of my side. Amen. I don't know what the thorn was. Maybe he dealt with depression. Maybe he felt with just being down. Maybe he dealt with all kinds of things because of what he had done in his past. Amen. He dealt with all kinds of situations. When you think about when your eyes have been opened and you realize you were wrong and think about you took the life of an innocent man. Amen. Is it all right if I talk about real life for a little while? Amen. I, I want to talk about something real. Uh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey Amen. When you're going to Damascus and you're getting permission or you're going to Jerusalem to get permission to go drag people out of their homes and, and murder them and take them to court and have them beaten and all kinds of things. Uh, amen. You're not doing it. He wasn't doing it because he was a mean person and he hated people. But down deep in his heart, he loved the things of God. Amen. I I, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Amen. If I could just tell you uh, in a real kind way. uh, Amen. There's a whole lot of people in our world uh, that love God with all of their heart. uh, And they think they're doing everything that God wants them to do. Uh, Amen. But there is a God in heaven uh, that's looking down upon the hearts of men. uh, And he's weighing them out. uh, And he's balancing them out. And he's wondering whether I can use this person or not. Come on, church. I need your help today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But the truth is about Paul, he loved the things of God. If there ever was a church kid, Paul was a church kid. If anybody ever loved God, Paul loved God. If anybody was ever zealous about the things of God, Paul was zealous about the things of God. Raised in a family, and he was taught, if it was done right, this is how the Pharisees would do. They would say the Shema every day. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And he began to look at all the Greek pantheon of gods. You know it fired him up inside. The Romans come along, they were the same story, had their pantheon of gods. He heard people talk about Zeus and all them other clowns. (laughs) You know he got fired up thinking about the God that opened up the Red Sea. Uh, and brought the people of Israel across on dry ground. Uh, said, Jordan, get back. Uh, I've got a blessing for my people. Uh, when he began to think about the God of Israel, uh, don't you know it fired him up inside? Uh, I said it fired him up to think about the people of God serving the gods of this world. Hey, it ought to fire you up. might get quiet it ought to fire you up when you think about 
people on social media listening to country music. Checking out all the latest sports scores. What are you doing? You got a pantheon of gods is what you got. But not me. Hey, let me tell you, nobody preached it to me. I was sitting in the car one day. Boogie, he said, don't preach against the Razorbacks today. But I think I might. I was sitting in the car one day. Seven overtimes. And I heard a voice from heaven say, if you're going to serve me, you have to quit this. There wasn't a preacher said, you need to get rid of that. I turned it off and I got out of the car and I said, I'll never read it. I'll never listen to it. I'll never watch it. Come on, church. There ought to be somebody get upset when you think about what happens to God's people. Come on, it's, I want to protect. I want to protect what's pure. I want to protect what's right. What? He said, I'll have no other gods before me, beside me. Hallelujah. Let me tell you what. There's a lot of things that God just says he didn't like and preachers preached about all through this Bible. I'm telling you, when it comes to idolatry, that was a no compromise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No compromise. No com- if, you don't, if you don't believe what I'm preaching, you ought to try it. You ain't got to take my word for it. Praise God. I grew up as a little boy. I didn't learn how to read in kindergarten. I learned how to read reading the sports page. I was a spelling bee champion in fourth grade. <laughs> Westside Elementary. Wasn't because I was smart, because I read the paper every day. But I, I should, you know, I'm, they should have made me read the Bible every day. But I was reading something I shouldn't have. And I got something in me, and it was. You may laugh at it, but I'm telling you, it was an addiction stronger than any addiction I can't imagine. It was like a draw. It was like a pull, like a drug addict looking for a drug. Praise God. Maybe that's why God came down in the car where I was and told me, you got to make up your mind. I made up my mind. I'm not going to dilute. You, you know what? The Sadducees, they were... I hate to just preach a bunch of history to you. Maybe this is what God wants me to do. You know what the Sadducees were? They loved the Hellenization of the Jewish people. Because they could have all their gods on that side. And they could still go to the synagogue and provide their sacrifice and act like everything was all good. Well, Hallelujah. Praise God. I want the real. Why why would you waste your time? Why would you waste your time brushing your teeth and getting your wife to help you iron your clothes? Praise God. Help me find my socks. Praise God. I'm still wearing new socks. And God's been good to me. 
Amen. Praise God. I have sock struggles. and Somebody found out I can't find socks and I can't. Anyway, I walked out and I had a vehicle full of socks one night. Praise God. Hallelujah. Had my cheeseburger socks on yesterday, but I didn't, I didn't wear them. Amen. Praise God. Well, I feel God helping us in this place. So this is where Paul is. This is his mindset. So we grow up, our friends, and our family, and the people that we allow to influence our life, they begin to shape the way we see things. The kids, our kids hang out with. <laughs> if you ever wonder why it's important to have a Christian school, So we go through life and we have a flesh that helps shape our opinions. Life experiences help shape our opinion. And by the time you become an adult, people usually have very, very strong opinions about how things ought to be. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then comes God. About the time you've lived your life and you feel like you've learned everything and you've got all your minds set how you think everything ought to go, here comes God. <laughs> here comes God. I can study the history of Paul or Saul, whatever you want to call him, and I can tell you why he acted like he did. I could study your history and I could tell you why you want to act how you want to act. We all have a why. But your why doesn't mean it's right. I I was hoping somebody would jump up. I see why Paul acted like he did, and I see why some people act like they acted. We've all got a why. We, we do what we do. But we got to realize there's a God that's higher than we are. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. We have to come to a point in our life where we admit that why we are like we are may not be the right thing in God's eyes. Praise God, it's getting quieter the longer I preach. The why we are and the why we have or the opinions that we got may not be right in God's eyes. The way we see it just seems right to us. It's a very interesting scripture in the Bible that says there is a way which seemeth right unto man. <laughs> there is a way that seemeth right unto a man. There is a way that seemeth right unto your flesh. <laughs> Praise God. 
But the end thereof are the ways of death. Can I preach a little while? How shocked would you be to find out about the way you thought everything ought to go? May not be the right thing. The way you were taught to handle situations may not be the right way. The way you deal with stress may not be the right way to deal with stress. The way you deal with life might not be the right way to deal with life according to the word of God. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. I hope I got some big Christians in here today that are ready for a big word of God. Because the things that look right to you may not be right to God. And one of the greatest moments of your life is the day that God blinds you to how you think it ought to be. And opens your eyes to how he thinks it ought to be. Uh, The greatest moment of your life uh, is when God knocks you down uh, the direction you're going uh, and says, no, you ain't going to do it like that. Come on, let's love the Lord together right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You could say that the greatest day of Paul's life is when he realized he was wrong and God was right. I can tell you the greatest day of my life was the day I realized the way I was doing it was wrong and the way he wanted me to do it was the right way. Hallelujah. Too many Joel Osteens in the world. Teaching people if it feels good, just do it. Amen, that ain't the word of God. The word of God is if any man's gonna follow Jesus, you gotta deny yourself. Pick up your cross and follow after him. Deny yourself. The way I wanna do it ain't the right way, obviously. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. I hope, I hope he ain't watching right now, but maybe he is. And I, anyway, I seen a young man the other day uh, at a restaurant. And I went over and I spoke to him. I said, man, has your life got better since you quit church? I probably shouldn't have said it. But I said it. And he said, oh. You know what the, de- the devil paints a beautiful picture. If you eat that fruit, oh, it's good to eat. And it's so much knowledge you're going to get. Oh, my, you're about to increase if you eat that fruit. If I could show you a picture of that young man's head, he was going. I'm here to make a liar out of the devil today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 
Can I preach a little while? By being blinded, Paul actually got his vision corrected. <laughs> Again, he already preaches that laughing. By being blinded, he got 20-20 vision a couple days later. By being blinded, he got off of the wrong path and got on the right path. By being blinded, he saw better than he ever saw in his life. By being blinded, he got closer to God. Matter of fact, he got caught up to the third heaven. By being blinded. You know what I'm praying, God? Blind. Blind everybody in this church of their old fleshly will and desires. Let your will open up in their life. Let them see what you want them to see. I'm telling you, if you could see what God wanted you to see, you wouldn't be arguing over petty little things and gossiping over dumb things and scrolling and fighting and arguing and making dumb comments and this and that. Uh, You'd be at the church house. Uh, You'd be praying. Uh, You'd have your Bible open. Uh, You'd be using your time well. Hallelujah. Man, what time is it? Now, Lord, I got to preach. I'm telling you, it's a shock to some people when they realize I've been doing it wrong all this time. Amen. I'm from the old church. I sought out the old paths. I still believe Hollywood is evil. I still believe if you wouldn't let a murderer sleep on your couch, you shouldn't let him electronically sleep on your couch. But anyway, I was preaching that one day like, I don't know, four, five, six, seven, eight years ago. I don't know. And there was a guy there. It was the first time he was there. His very first time to come to this church. <laughs> but I was throwing down. I was, I must have had a Red Bull or a Green Monster. I was talking about, how, I mean, it was just, I was. And he looked at his wife. And he said, is there something wrong with television? <laughs> yeah. Never heard it in his life. Praise God. If you want to know what's wrong with a new generation of Pentecost, is that they're looking at Hollywood, how to dress and how to act and how to speak, what to do with their bodies. Hey, I want to protect our babies. I want them to know the good life. I want them to know what joy unspeakable and full of glory, what that is. You can't have that when you got condemnation all in your heart. You can't have that when you're on the fence riding both ways and full of the garbage and trying to touch God at the same time. The pure is where it's at. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord. Man, praise God. I'm glad I cut out one song today, even though they were doing really good. Praise God. So it's noon. Everybody say it's noontime. It's not noon here. It was noon there. 
and a bright light. You all know where the sun is when it's noon? Or approximately. Everybody say up. <laughs> Pretty bright at noon. But it wasn't the sun, there was another light. That was so bright that knocked him off his donkey that day. <laughs> Not to sign another lie. Knocked him down. And blinded him. It was so such an experience that he knew it was God. And he says, Who art thou, Lord? Lord, which was the, the New Testament was written Greek. Imagine that. It just infiltrated the culture. It was written in Greek. It was the word kurios, which means it was a title given to God or Messiah. Paul knows this is God. That's not me down. And he says, who art thou, Lord? And the Lord speaks back and says, I am Jesus. I'm telling you, when God blinds you from your old ways, revelation begins to come to you. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. And all of a sudden he realizes that the God I've been thinking I'm helping, he's, he's got a name. I've been saying Lord and God and, and I realize it. Who art thou, God. Jesus! Revelation comes to him. The God of Israel. He's got a name. And it's Jesus. Jesus. He's not the vice president of a man-made trinity. He's God of the Old Testament who was manifest in the flesh, who was seen of angels, who preached unto the Gentiles, was received up in the glory. Hallelujah. God blinding him, all of a sudden revelation comes. You imagine the shock. It's Jesus. Then he says, Wow, that was a great revelation. Here's revelation number two. What do you want me to do? Praise God. He said, I want you to go to town. Somebody's going to tell you what to do. If there ever was an opportunity for God to give somebody the plan of salvation, it would have been right then. He's sitting there blinded. You got his full attention? <laughs> Go to town. Somebody's going to tell you what to do. Let me tell you, when people get blinded from their old ways, one of the first things they do 
is they will allow someone to lead them where they never could before. That's how I know. Praise God. That's how I know if God has really stopped somebody in their tracks or not. Because the Bible said they took him and they let him out. He could get you. It wasn't that spirit. Because, oh, God's got a plan for me. Let me tell you, if you can't ever be led, you'll never be saved. I got. You say, well. Hey, that's real easy for you to say because, you know, you pastor the church. Let me give you a little secret. I got a pastor. And he tells me what to do. And when he tells me what to do, I say, yes, sir. He walked out on the church property and he looked at it before I ever did anything. He said, you know what? You need to build a two-story instead of a one-story. Ari had plans for a one-story. It ain't nothing but money. And God owns it all. I said, yes, sir. You know what you see when you drive by? Two stories. I'm not going to build a one story and lose the favor of God in my life. I'd rather build a two story and let God open the windows of heaven in my life. Amen. So anyway, I, I, he's filled with the Holy Ghost. He's baptized in Jesus' name. He ends up writing half of the New Testament. He becomes an apostle to the Gentiles. He starts more churches than anybody I've ever met. Maybe besides Raul Edward Jr. <laughs> becomes a missionary. Tell you it's amazing what happens when people let God blind them to their desires so they can see his desires. I just got one little story to tell you, and then we can do whatever we want to do. Judges the 13th chapter, speaking of the life of Samson, this is what the Bible said. And he shall begin. Everybody say, he shall begin. Everybody say, to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. You know why Samson was given the strength he was given? To begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. Let me tell you something. If God gives you a special gift... It's not so you can become a celebrity. It's not so you can get 20,000 followers. There's one reason God gives people special gifts. So you can be used in God's hands to help deliver Israel out of the hands of the Philistines. So what does Samson do? 
takes his gift and he uses it as a get out of jail free card after he normally fulfills the lust of his flesh. He typically uses the gift that God gave him to help get him out of trouble after he's done things he probably shouldn't have done. He did kill some Philistines. He did cause them a little bit of trouble, but not like God probably planned for him to do it. Probably not during the timing God planned and not the way God planned it. But he did it so Samson would look like he was something. He did it so Samson would get what Samson wanted. He was using the gift of God to promote his own self. He couldn't see what the scripture said. Hey, mama, you're going to have a boy and he's going to begin to deliver Israel out of the hands of the enemy. He couldn't see his real purpose. But there come a day when the Philistines got a hold of him and popped his eyeballs out. And all of a sudden, the guy that could never see it begins to see why God has really called me. I, I, I hope somebody's going to get this today. And he's sitting there treading out the corn. He ain't got no eyes now, but now he's starting to see better than he's ever saw before. He's having a Paul moment. It's really sad what God has to do to some people to get them to see their purpose in God. But nevertheless, after his eyes were gouged out and he's treading out the corn, now he begins to think, why did God call me? That's right, I remember my mom telling me, God called me to wreak havoc on the Philistines. I may have messed up my vow, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to recommit. I may have been a complete idiot yesterday. Uh, and I'm facing things I never thought I would, but I'm about to recommit. I'm going to get connected back to the old vows my mom and dad told me about. Uh, and he let his hair begin to grow again. Uh, the Bible said the locks of his hair began to grow. Uh, and what they didn't know is when them vows began to come back. Uh, and that purpose began to come back. <laughs> Now his vision, not earthly, but his spiritual vision began to come too. I see it now. And there was a time of revival in his life. Even though he was hooked up like a mule treading out corn. It's all right, you can pray while you're treading out corn. Say, well, I, you don't understand, I'm in a terrible situation. You can still talk to God. I'm in a mess. It's all right. Just keep on talking to God. Uh, God will open a door here in a little while. Just keep on doing it. Boy, I feel Jesus backing me up right now. 
Just keep on praying, Samson. Just keep on committing. Hey, there's no doubt. There's no doubt now he can see I've got purpose. I hated I had to be blinded for it to happen, but but I know my purpose now. And God, when you're ready, I'm not gonna push it. But God, when you're ready, I've been out here pumping iron. <laughs> I've been working this altar over. <laughs> I've been wearing this carpet out praying. I've been praying till snot's coming out my nose. I've been walking around this place banging the walls, and staining it up with tears. But I feel my purpose now. You blinded me, God, but I can see now. About that time, the Philistines were, let's have a big old party. Look at what God, our gods have done. They gave us Samson, the one we couldn't tame. Look, he's out there. Matter of fact, why don't you bring him on in? We want to look at him. Come on, Samson. They, they want you to come in this building. All the Philistines, all the royalties in this. I can't see them in my eyes, but I can see them in my mind. Oh, God, this is what I've been waiting on. This is how you know God's blinded you from your desires. He grabbed a boy. Will you lead me? Praise God. When you get the real Holy Ghost... If it was ordained of God for a boy to lead you, you'd let a boy lead you. When you're blinded to your pride and all you see is God's will, it wouldn't matter who gave you a word from God. You'd be... <laughs> you'd be out there working and talking to God and letting his hair grow out again. He said, lead me, son, lead me to the pillars that are holding up this building. I just want to rest on them. Y'all better be glad we ain't got pillars in here. Amen. Praise God. I guess you can take me right there to that pulpit. That would be a good place. And he lets a lad lead him. And he gets his hand on them pillars. Can't do this if you ain't in Goliath. Run around with Goliath, you can't do this. Run around with your own presence.
God, if you'll anoint me one more time, I'm about to get a hold of the pillars of this building. Satan, your kingdom's coming down. I heard a voice from heaven saying, Hallelujah! He gets a hold of the pillars. The blinded man who had to be blinded to really see the will of God gets a hold of the pillars. And the power of God comes back on him. Let me tell you, if you think God don't want to touch you again, you're not listening to the preacher today. There is a God that has a fresh anointing. And he wants to drop down on your life. Well, I've embarrassed him. So did Samson. Well, I've made a fool of myself. So did Samson. But the Bible said when he got a hold of them pillars, the power of God came back on him one more time. And all the royalty and the important people and the captains and all the evil Philistines were inside that building. Don't you know they heard something go crack? The roof come down, that thing collapsed. And the Bible said he did more at the end of his life. He did more for God in one moment than he did his whole life. How did it happen? He had to get blinded to his own will. Yeah. You know what I love about prayer? You know what people hate about prayer? Because every time you start praying, God will start blinding your will. And start revealing His. So people will pray for a minute and they'll jump up. Some people will get on that altar. Until they're completely blinded to them. Until all they can see is what God wants. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. How do you get ordered to him? Does he mail you something? Does he have a Facebook page that you grow? No, you get it right there. You get it laying beside your bed at home. You get it in the car on the way to work. <laughs> you get it going to Walmart. Touch me, God. You know what? I, I could preach all day, but y'all probably think I have already. You know what my prayer is, God? If you could just shake. Some strong opinions and if you could just shake some people that's just got dead set on what they're going to do. If 
you could just shake them today. Until your will begins to open up in their life. Come on, I feel God in this place. I wish some prayer warriors would just open up your mouth right now. Come on, somebody's about to tap in to the power. Come on, everybody in the house, lift your voice. Come on, you need to learn how to say, not my will, but thine be done. <laughs> come on come on in Jesus name come on as many as can come around this front just to come like one big church family I want you to experience the power of truly submitting to the will of God Come on, let's turn it into a prayer room right now. Come on. Come on.